We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Well, all right, we welcome you back here to The Mark Milton Show. Smash with you right here. Mark Milton is the St. Louis tax lawyer. You can find him at stltaxlawyer.com. STL taxlawyer.com. He can help you out of whatever you need help out of. I'm telling you, he's helping me out of my situation and my situation been 13 years running. So he's helping me out of that. He can help you too. STLtaxlawyer.com. Let's talk some tax. Let's talk some money. That's what you are. You are the St. Louis tax lawyer. Can I start you out with something just real quick? Sure. All right. I don't want to say it's anyone in particular, but Nancy Pelosi, uh, the other day was kind of like uh, saying, you know, what we what we need is universal salaries. Universal salaries means everyone gets a minimum of X amount of dollars a year. Right now it's looking at uh, maybe $24,000 a year to do nothing. Uh, that kind of bothers me at the same time. You know, if I wanted to live right at the edge above poverty level, and it's not much above, you know, it might not be a, a, a way to go. So how does that play on the tax side, man? Well, first of all, I mean, to do that, you're going to have to get the money from somewhere. Right. So you're going to see, I think, if, if something like that would, well, first of all, I don't think anything like that would ever happen because I don't think it's Congress. Or, right. And I think a couple of things, you'd have to impose an incredibly higher income tax on wealthy individuals to that's, be able to pay for something exactly like that. Right. Which obviously the Democrats have been pushing for for a long time. Right. I mean, they've been against the the Trump tax tax cuts, um, and so I mean, when you think about it, I mean, you, let's say a hundred million people times twenty four thousand dollars a year. Right. I can't even calculate that right I here, know. sitting here. Um, Imagine and, how much of the world would want to come to America, right? And we already have programs designed to increase the the. Uh, the uh, living wage, if you will, for people earned income tax credit yeah. is a very popular program, but it has bipartisan support. Right. And what that does is it provides a refundable credit to people who, who do have er- earned income. Yeah. So they may only make 12 to 18,000 a year. Yeah. And depending on the number of kids they have, they might get as much as five, five, six, seven thousand dollars extra back when they go to file really? their tax return. Really? And that's their earned income tax credit. And so the idea behind that is Let's incentivize people to work, and yes. even if they don't make yeah. what would be considered sort of a living wage, we're yeah. going to supplement that with a refundable tax credit. Versus this idea, which is basically you can sit on sit on your rear end at home yeah. and be guaranteed a certain amount of money yeah. per year, no matter how old you are, what your you know right. what your physical condition is. Right. So I, I think that's sort of preposterous, and from a tax standpoint, it would impose a huge burden. Would um, you think that four adults living together communally in a house? each making $24,000 a year, coming close to $100,000 a year, that might not be a bad way to live. You wouldn't have to work necessarily. I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there are plenty of households where they don't, you know, make 24000 among all of them. Yeah. So I, I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it, it would sound pretty sweet if, you, if you're not interested in going out and working for a living. Pretty preposterous to me. So now stimulus checks have been sent out at least to, a, I think it was 157 million people out of the 250. Uh, million that they're going to send them to now stimulus checks are coming in at a minimum of 1200 per person and for the actuality of the spread across america it comes to about 1800 
per person on the average because some people are going to get more because they got kids. You're going to get an extra $500 on the kid and all that kind of stuff. These stimulus checks, man, how stimulizing are they? I don't think they're stimulizing at all. I think yeah. it's really intended to keep people afloat during this time exactly. uh, and, and, the, and the fallout even, you know, the next few months. I think that uh, most people, if this money is something they really need to survive, they're not going to go out and make, you know, frivolous purchases with it you would um, think. versus, you know, back in 2004, when we had a similar stimulus uh, with the, there was a $400, $400 yeah. stimulus check. I mean, the idea was, Hey, here's, that. here's 400 bucks, go spend it on something fun to try yeah. to help the economy. Right. This to me is just trying to keep people alive. I yeah. mean, most, I mean, this is an unprecedented time in which people have, you know, basically been shut out of work right. and told by the government that, you can't work in many right. cases, and that's a much different situation than Good point. Uh, an economic, a true economic recession that was sort of caused by market forces. I just see these guys over there who ain't ain't working right now, and they're saying, "Well, twelve hundred bucks, I'm gonna buy me a big screen as long as I'm sitting at home watching TV." That kind of stuff happens. Now, let's happen on the tax side. That twelve hundred dollars, do I have to pay it back? Do I have to pay taxes on it? How's that play? It is not taxable. Uh, right. It is a tax free uh, payment. And so you are not taxed on it. Um, now keep in mind that it is subject to income limits. So yeah. once you exceed 75,000 as a single taxpayer, um, the amount you receive phases out until you hit 99,000 in income mm -hmm. and that's adjusted gross income, uh, at which point you wouldn't get anything. Um, if you're married filing jointly, you're eligible for, uh, basically $2,400 up yeah. until the point you hit 150,000 combined. And then it phases out until you hit 198 right. combined income right. plus 500 per child. So um, I would say that, uh, no, it's not taxable. And, and if you if, if for some reason, let's say you filed your 2018 tax return and you made more than what, what the eligibility limits were, right. if you go to file your 19 and your income has dropped, they're still going to give that to you. Uh -huh. And my understanding is for 2020, there's going to be a mechanism for people whose income maybe dropped in, in 2020 yeah. to be able to still claim a credit for this, uh, uh -huh. for the stimulus money. But either way, it's not going to be, it's not going to be taxable. And for people who have existing IRS debt, they're not, they're still paying those people, these, these payments. So they're yeah. normally, you know, if you file a tax, re, uh, tax return and you're owed a refund, but you owe the IRS a hundred thousand dollars, they're going to take your refund and apply it to your tax debt. Mm -hmm. They're not even doing that with these payments. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you are the St. Louis tax lawyer, STL, taxlawyer.com. I kind of like opened it up here, but what's on your mind? Because you're deeper into this than me. I'm just a guy worried about getting his 1200 bucks, hoping I get it at all. Well, one of the things that comes to mind right now as, as a tax lawyer, as a tax resolution attorney, uh, is, you know, this is really a, an interesting time to think about if you have existing IRS debt to try to resolve it, especially yeah. if you've fallen on hard times, right. Too often people will wait until they've recovered from, you know, a personal crisis, yeah. economic depression of their own before they try to address their tax issues. And right now, um, as people are depleting their assets to try to survive as their income is taking a hit, it's really a good time to, uh, to try to tackle your tax debt. And mm -hmm. I can talk a little bit about the different options you might have, if you're a taxpayer that owes the IRS uh, or Department of Revenue um, back taxes, the first would be an offer in compromise. Mm -hmm. So this is something that, you know, is basically marketed widely by the tax resolution groups that you see on TV here on the radio. 
And by making an offer and compromise, you're asking the IRS to accept a lower amount of money to settle your entire tax debt and basically give you a clean slate going forward. And uh, it's a very uh, regimented process. You have to complete very detailed financials and you submit those to the IRS. and, And as part of those financials, you calculate what is sort of a reasonable offer amount that you're willing to come up with. And, and you can borrow the money from somebody to pay, you know, make that lump sum payment if you want. Uh-huh. Um, but it is a process and it's something for people to think about right now, because I do think that uh, during times of crisis, there are opportunities. And this is one of those opportunities for somebody who may be struggling with IRS debt, maybe struggling personally right now through all the financial turmoil. Yeah. Um, but one thing they could come out of this with is a better, you know, better fresh start right with the IRS. Um, That's what I'm hoping for myself. That's why I have teamed up here with Mark Milton, the St. Louis tax attorney, stltaxlawyer.com. Now, here's what what my problem with this whole deal is with the economy, all right, and the way they tax you and the way they jack you around as far as having to pay, you know, when you're hurting, all right? The people in the government, the people who are working, on the economy do not have an economic problem. All right. Put in some poor people in there and watch this thing change for the better for those who've been jacked around for whatever reason it is, a downsizing a loss of job because of whatever. And the people who are working to fix the economic problem, ain't got an economic problem. How are you going to fix it? If you don't know how to fix it, cause you ain't got the problem. Exactly. And you've heard of a lot of companies um, cutting salaries, doing yeah. furloughs. I haven't heard of any government job losses, any any good government point. salaries being cut. Very good point. And so um, it's frustrating when you hear about the private sector having to make cuts and the government seemingly never, never does. I yeah. mean, the government has pretty much continued to grow over the years. Um, the people in government positions have it, have it very good. I mean, they have a very mm-hmm. good benefit system. Even the with, mail carriers, man. Absolutely. So um, my biggest fear through all of this is the growing national debt. I mean, we're, uh-huh. we're, we're spending a tremendous amount of money to try to get through the crisis. Um, and at the same time, what's even more concerning is the loss of revenue because yeah. the government is spending a ton of money, but at the same time, they're losing a ton of revenue in the yeah. form of, payroll taxes, income taxes. If people's incomes are dropping, they're going to be losing out on income tax revenue. Um, And then you look at the state and local level, it's even worse because you have the same issue with uh, income tax, payroll taxes, but you also have the loss of sales tax revenue, um, which, you know, local governments rely heavily upon uh, to fund themselves. And so I'm hopeful that as a result of this, you know, schools, government organizations will take a harder look at their spending because, um, you know, there's talk of, uh, you know, having to bail out universities or the universities, you know, some of them sought the payroll protection program, yeah. you know, try to get millions of dollars to, to help them stay afloat. Whereas, you know, some of these universities have billion dollar endowments like yes. a Harvard or Wash U. Exactly. And so uh, it's hard to have a lot of sympathy for government public sector organizations during these times, like you said, when so many normal people, you know, private companies are struggling just to survive. Right on. Can I throw a tangent to you? Sure. All right. Because you're a tax guy. So the casinos make their casino money. And you see commercials on TV. Hey, we're going to help the schools and all this stuff with the casino money. I ain't seen one 
extension on a building. I ain't seen one new school where they said, thanks to such and such a casino, they made $20 million yesterday, yesterday. And we got a new school out of it. I ain't never seen that, but I had them see, well, your money goes to schools. Where's that money going? You, now? you see that with the lottery too. You yeah, know, lottery tickets, the casinos. Yeah. yeah, I mean it is built into the funding apparatus for you know on, you a, don't state, see it. on a state level. Well, you don't see it because the schools, you know, basically use it to fund operations. That's what you see. I mean, the money's going into oh, funding. Really? The money's going into funding teacher salaries. Well, that's maybe good. some modest capital and capital improvements. But okay. to your point, you're not seeing you know brand new, new schools built stuff, or anything yeah. like that. <clears throat> so. You know, Missouri has a fairly complicated funding formula that that has, you know, it re- the schools receive money from a lot of different sources. Uh, you know, not only do they get a share of local property taxes, but to your point, they also receive a share of the supposedly the gambling and lottery yeah. revenue. But exactly. yeah, you don't really you don't really see it come to fruition, other than yeah, our public schools are still operating. And I'll bring up another point, which is interesting in St. Louis in particular. You know, you've got a tremendous amount of private school kids who. Good point. Who point. their parents are yeah. paying to send their kids to private schools because they yeah. they may want their kids to have a religious based education, mm-hmm. and they're still paying you know in Warson Woods Kirkwood. I mean they're paying a tremendous amount in property tax to help fund the public schools, and um, yet every year it seems like there's a new proposition on the ballot to increase local taxes to help pay for schools. Yeah, and, um, at some point. I don't know when that's going to be, but the schools, the school districts are going to have to take a hard look at at their own funding, their own spending. And, and I look at, uh, I grew up in Belleville, Illinois, for example, over there, Belleville East, Belleville West, part of the same school district. Whereas here we've got Kirkwood and Webster Groves, Mm -hmm. two separate school districts, two separate administrations. You've got superintendent salaries. You've got, I mean, there has to be a way to consolidate some of these, uh, bureaucracies that exist within the education system to help cut costs from taxes to your money, to governmental stuff. This dude knows it all. In fact, when I come back in the next life, I want you to be my dad. That's Mark (laughs) Milton right there. This is the Mark Milton Show smash with you. Now, Mark, let me just uh, in the closing here, let people know there are opportunities for them to listen in various spots. Absolutely. You know, we broadcast on Sundays at 1 p.m. on 590 a.m. in St. Louis. We're also available via download podcast, 590thefan.com, themarkmiltonshow.com. And also Apple iTunes and anywhere that you get your podcast. So we hope you'll become a subscriber. You'll listen to us. You can listen anytime. We break it up into segments, easy to listen to. So we hope you join us along the along the way here. Mark Milton's show.